At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You are looking live at VSIN Primetime. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here's Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel. It is here, VSIN Primetime on this Monday from downtown Las Vegas, Circus Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson in for Tim. Jonathan Von Tobel is here, though. We're ready to rock. I like that new animation, by the way. Welcome to the show. With my joyous face. You look so happy. It's really, really tied up on me, too. Almost as happy as our producer, Britton Hess, who hit uh, some Deuces Wild video poker earlier today. Yeah, usually that's me who's got like the video poker thing to walk in with. Uh, last couple of weeks, it's been going well. The other day, we were waiting for Stugatz to come in, and I hit a four of a kind with a kicker. It was great. Oof. So um, I haven't played for a little bit, though. Trying okay. to get the vices in check. Okay. You know what I mean? Get the, get the it's, vices it's in check. It's Lent. Got to get the vices When you the live in, in Vegas, that right. statement... Carries a little bit more weight than he's just spent forty days in the desert. I can spend forty days on video. You know what? what? Amen. Amen to that. We are presented (laughs) by DraftKings, and we have a lot to get to today. We'll talk some NFL draft. Mike Renner joins us, draft expert, coming up in fifteen minutes. We'll also break down tonight's hockey card with Nick Alberga coming up at six forty-five Eastern tonight. We've got some NBA, college basketball plays on the docket, and how about this? We're starting our MLB previews. It's that time. Looking behind us in the book right now. It's all spring training baseball, JVT, a time we love. Yes, uh, I'm very excited. I've got the baseball fever. Now I'm deep, deep into a a fantasy baseball draft. Britain, by the way, for the VSIN Fantasy Baseball Draft Invitational. Are you in, by the way? Britain wants to start a VSIN Fantasy Baseball Nobody mentioned this to me. We're just starting right now. We're just starting right now. All right, so Ben's in. Uh, I got two others that are in, so let's go. Come on, we're starting to get this roster up. Let's do this uh, thing. Four-team draft. No, 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 no. I I want a 15-team AL, NL only. So we're going to have two different leagues. So there we go. How about that? Nice. Hardcore. Let's do it. <laughs> no, uh, that, I will not do AL. Britain telling only. us in his ear, he's all in. That was yeah. the quote I yeah. got from what he just uh, what he just told us, JVT. Of course, no show is a real show without some NFL talk here. And the big news today, as if it wasn't any worse to be running back in the NFL. Now you get a salary cap increase of over $30 million per team. And yet... Basically, any big name who is going to be in a potential for a franchise tag or hitting free agency uh, is not getting that money. And that was the news coming out from Adam Schefter earlier today 
uh, that couple big names like uh, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, who the team claims they will try to resign, but they are not going to tag a guy who is going to get a, just over $14 million in that regard. Same deal for Saquon Barkley and the Giants. He will not get tagged. And so here we go. And an offseason after the running back market already seemed to be as low as it had ever been historically. You thought, all right, maybe an influx of cash might help that with the salary cap. And yet, no, seems to be the resounding answer around the league. Nope. Uh, look, they're a year older. Uh, by the way, the the meeting for, right, the guys, the, the running back Zoom call, uh, if you look at the history and the seasons of those guys this year, it didn't really go very well. Uh, so I would say that when you're looking at this, it's not particularly surprising that this is going to happen. Look, running backs, it's unfortunate, but you can find them. You can get production out of these guys. Uh, the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, was a seventh-round pick out of Rutgers. So, like, this is what you're going to do, man. Like, this is the way that the league is going, and maybe we have it, but until you get every guy at the position to say, nope, we're not doing this, and I mean every guy, nothing's going to really change for you at this point right now. And then yeah. you run the risk of having no running backs and everybody going shotgun and going, wow, this is great. This, <laughs> they're not even Look running the ball. Have here. <laughs> right, yeah. this is fantastic. Well, and then they get the position eliminated. But uh, I'm not entirely surprised that this is the way it's yeah. going. Same here. And what's funny now is you get into this whole thought process of, okay, star-studded running back class. Well... Sure, they might be all star studded, but if the market indicates they aren't getting paid, like what ends up actually being the you know the final say here? Because you have three guys. We mentioned Jacobs for the Raiders, Barkley for the Giants, and then Tony Pollard for the Cowboys had a very similar franchise tag potential number as to Barkley, just over twelve million. That is reportedly not getting picked up by Dallas. You throw in Derrick Henry, who we always assumed, given where the Titans are at in a rebuild, would not be a part of the future plans for Tennessee. He will be hitting free agency. And those are just four off the top of about a dozen starting running backs who are not going to be under contract once we get into the new league year. Yep. And are you going to be the team that wants to pay them and sit on that price tag for a few years? Probably not. So maybe it's like one or two year deals that these guys are going to get with some options in them uh, for the team more than likely, but it's probably the way that's going to be though, man. Yeah. You know, I was talking with Michael Lombardi about this over the weekend on Lombardi line when we were just talking about, okay, where are teams going to go now with the new cap? And I just naturally thought of, well, you know, there was that whole 2016 NBA offseason when the cap spiked almost the same amount as the NFL cap is spiking now. And you had guys like Timofey Moskov getting giant contracts. I mean, just go back, just Google 2016 NBA free agents. And some of those names are a sight to behold. The Chandler Parsons Memphis deal is the one that lives on in infamy. Four years, 94 million. But there were about two dozen others, JVT, that you look at now and you just can't help but laugh at. Timofey Moskov was like a midnight signing. Yeah. Like the oh, second it, like it hit midnight, the Lakers were like $64 million. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Moskov. The point being, could we see that happen where teams now sit in it with a boatload of cap room? A lot of free agents are now out there, especially at that running back position. And do we, do we see that same kind of thing happen? I would naturally be inclined to say no, just because of the way these NFL owners have tended to operate. But it, it hasn't ever been this high as far as the cap. Have never, teams have never had this much room collectively. Yeah, Maybe you see it at the bottom of the league, right, where you get to see some of these teams that have the most cap space that aren't very good, willing to overpay, especially on the front end, uh, to get a guy. You know, the Jags are a good example. Uh, who's a wide receiver they signed just a couple years ago? Whose name? Uh, Kirk. Yeah, Kirk. Thank yeah. you. But by all accounts, probably overpaid for him, but they needed him, and it actually kind of worked out for him for the most part. And when you look at it for, like, the sense of overpaying if you have the space and the abilities to do it, then I think you're going to be willing, especially if you're some of these teams. I think right now, what, like Commanders, Titans, Bears, Patriots, all in that range have mm -hmm. some pretty uh, pretty big cap space to work with. Maybe if you're at the bottom, if you've got a lot to work with, maybe you pay up front a little bit more. But I think for the rest of the league in its entirety, probably not going to happen for the most part. Yeah, Austin, Eckler, uh, Austin Eckler, another one of those yep. running backs expected to hit free agency. His former coach, Brandon Staley, apparently interviewing for the Niners defensive coordinator job. 
Other, other news coming out today where people think, yes, yeah, Staley might be back in the league. That would be quite the interesting fit, and it doesn't go back into so many coaches prove that they are really good coordinators, but probably should not be given that main headset. Uh, maybe, but then again, when he was a really good defense coordinator, he also had Aaron Donald, so I mean, might have helped things because they weren't really just good a, defensively. Just a, just a touch. The Chargers weren't exactly good defensively. Uh, in his time there, outside of just being a bad team in general. So maybe, maybe he turns things around with the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. If they go that route, it's funny because you just went Steve Wilkes, who is the classic case study for a guy who was a super good, well-regarded coordinator, but was a complete failure in his year at Arizona mm. and gets fired one and done, goes to San Francisco to resuscitate after the Carolina stint for him where he was an interim coach, goes to San Francisco. And a lot, remember how positive that news was received last year? Yeah. Everybody thought, oh, there's no way. This could be a liability, and sure enough, Niners down the stretch couldn't get stops. Yep, and there was clearly a philosophical difference there. I don't think it speaks to Wilkes, and I think Wilkes will uh, bounce back just fine. I think really when you talk about like signing guys in the meetings, it goes well, but then in practice, uh, when you're actually out there executing, and I think what was, there was a report earlier in the year, was he like in the booth and they want him on the field or vice versa or something yeah. like that? Like When those are the things that are kind of coming out, you realize that there is, there's a butting of heads when it comes to philosophy that probably isn't going to work. I wonder, too, what, what coordinators around the league, especially on the defensive side of the ball, think of working with Kyle Shanahan, who was not afraid to show his disgust with Wilkes and was like very openly looking at him like what, you know, mouthing the words like, what are we doing? What is going on here? That was pretty bad though in that moment. It was. It, so I, I don't think, hey, look, you're the head coach. You're supposed to do those things, right? I, also, I it's think, the NFL. Like you're, you're right. a coordinator, you're a grown man. You can, you know, you should be. Able That's to. right. Uh, I told Ben, shut up right before we got on. Do your job, <laughs> talent. Do your job. Talent. Well, it is the combine. It's underway. Yet, maybe a little bit less uh, fanfare than we would have hoped because Caleb Williams, the overwhelming top draft pick choice, he's not throwing. That's a real shame. Jaden Daniels, he's not throwing, who is currently just slightly behind Drake May for the Mm -hmm. second overall pick right now with May about minus 140 there on the odds board. Daniels favored to go number three at plus 140. And Marvin Harrison, overwhelming favorite to be your first non-quarterback drafted, minus 650. He is not working out, and he, he is not, according to SI's Albert Brewer, not at a combine training facility at all. So I guess it'll just be a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of those steak dinners in Indy for, uh, for everybody hanging out. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, the, the combine is fascinating, and we'll go back to last year. At, at one point last year, once Anthony Richardson was done testing, and I remember watching it on Saturday during a live bet Saturday and reacting to the market as it was going, after he got done testing, at one point he had better odds to go number two than C.J. Stroud. The, the, the market yeah. really freaks out about a lot of this stuff and stuff. So it's going to be pretty fascinating to see if there's going to be a guy who tests extremely well, who vaults himself up into contention for some of these picks, even though he should not be. So I cannot wait to watch these, some of these workouts. And generally, it doesn't really happen with you know the wide receivers, or the offensive linemen, or things like that. It's going to be these quarterbacks. And if some of these guys near the bottom maybe spring themselves up and it's somebody's going to come out of the combine and go, you know, somebody could trade back into the first round for an extra year of control and draft this guy, even though they won't. Uh, and yeah. I can't wait to see what it, who it's going to be after the combine. It, it also makes you wonder, is this now just going to be the new thing going forward? And even for guys coming, they're not all guaranteed to actually test. Like Malik Na- Neighbors for LSU, right. he's going to be there, and he is in the combine, and it's sort of like, well, what good does that really do if you're going there? The whole point of the combine is to test, show off your gaudy numbers, just in the raw tests and get scouts in love with you. And neighbors like, oh, I'm there. I'm just not going to test until my pro day, which is where you generally see a little bit quicker draw on the stopwatch, you know, a little more favorable conditions <laughs> when you're at, in your home building. Everybody kills the can, pro day. As much as you can finagle the stopwatches. I just find that interesting that you go 
and then you don't even test. Like, what what purpose does that serve? You interview, right? Don't you do yeah. interviews and chalkboard stuff? And all haven't that we heard thing? though that that is like now that the, all the stuff has come out about how dumb the the wonderlick and all the ridiculous questions they ask these prospects are that it's kind of getting still got to do it. Got to I, I got to know what animal you think you would be <laughs> in another life. I have to know these things. What animal would you be in another life? I got asked that when I interviewed for Carl's Junior job when I was 16. <laughs> Did you um, say uh, fried zucchini? Well, so here's the thing is in that moment, I was like, okay, so I'm not going to get this job because this is a waste of my time. Uh, but I did pick lion. You picked lion? Yeah, really? king of the jungle, bro. I would be the king of this fry kitchen. That's what I told him. I didn't get the job. You didn't really? What did, what did they Who say? knows what would have happened had I got it? Who knows? Maybe getting turned down is one of the best things that ever happened to me. Oh, Jonathan Van Tobel. hear him. Like the Michael Jordan of, uh, you know. That's right. Instead of cut from his JV team, he was cut from Carl's Jr. There's an alternate universe out there where I do accept that job, and maybe, uh, I, I, maybe, I, uh, maybe I'm maybe i CFO now of maybe, Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. Who knows? Wow. Maybe the Angels have more than uh, just the Rally Monkey title. That's you right. never know how, for, for your teams, how that would have fixed the fandom. We'll have more NFL talk to get to, and talk about the latest odds in the draft, because Mike Renner, NFL draft expert, joins us next as we are just getting started. Monday edition of Prime Primetime, right here from Prime and the DraftKings Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, baseball is back, and what better way to hit off the grapefruit and cactus leagues than with VSIN's free MLB betting primer? This primer will tell you how to bet on spring training and continue all season long with our VSIN experts' World Series futures analysis. Our free MLB betting primer has basic baseball betting advice for those new to betting MLB, plus a breakdown on how to use Saber Metrics. For more data-driven bettors to make this your best season yet. Bet the MLB smarter this year. Download the free MLB betting primer now for free at vsin.com slash guide. That is vsin.com slash guide. Jonathan Von Tobel is primed for spring training baseball. Oh, I'm so excited. Fired up. You're in the middle of a draft right now? Is that what I understand? Yeah, it's an offline draft. Oh, so it's been taken. You know like, somebody is uh, is locked in if they're doing an offline 
I just got Justin Lawrence here in the 22nd round, so come on. No relation to Trevor. No, 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 no. Okay. Just Rocky's, making Rocky's closer. Rocky's closer. How many saves are the Rockies getting this year? I don't know. Hey, he's like my fourth. He's like my fourth <laughs> just, closer. Okay. Come on, let's 22nd round. Right, yep. A lot of teams in that league. So. Right. Okay. That's all right. We'll talk more baseball. We have Adam Burke coming on today. He is the architect of that baseball betting primer. Adam will join us at 7.15 Eastern in an hour. But right now, we talk some NFL draft with Mike Renner, uh, who joins us as we are into a day one now complete from the combine at Indy, Mike. But we just talked to open the show about all the guys who are not there or not working out at all. What do you make of what's happening this year, at least with the top crop of guys with the Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels of the world, who we will not see at all here this week at the combine. What do you see that doing to their stock in general? It really doesn't affect their stock. And that's kind of like why they're doing it. It's unfortunate. It sucks for us as, you know, draft analysts, draft fans, because we don't get to put numbers to these guys. You know, they're still controlled by their agents and uh, mm. really manicuring their process for them. But it's the thing is why they opt out is because it doesn't matter for their draft stock. They're already solidified. No one's going to pass up Marvin Harrison Jr. just because he's not there in India's combine. So, Mike, in terms of just like in general, I guess maybe for the guys that are the back end of the draft, it does help. For these guys who are hyper-analyzed in this first and second round, how much does a combine really help? Because we were talking about this last year in the betting community, like the odds on Anthony Richardson to go second overall spiked when he tested at the combine. How realistic and how, how much does the probability increase for guys at the top that are so hyper-focused in terms of the analysis? How much does a combine really help them? I think it helped a little. Like I do think there is something to... Uh, you know, expectations versus then what a guy does. And now everyone thought Anthony Richardson was a heck of an athlete, but when you really put those numbers to it and how absurdly freaky he was, it bumps it up in your mind. You know, so I do think that, and that's the thing is that these agents know when a guy's going to test really well. They've been working out at these uh, camps, running all these drills for the past couple months. So they know where they're going to end up in Indy at their times. And that's why, you know, if they basically aren't doing certain drills, probably means that they weren't going to do well in them anyway. But uh, yeah, I do think it, it can just give teams that little extra oomph, that little extra comfort that you feel when a guy tests uh, you know, off the charts the way Rich did last year. He is Mike Renner. You follow him at Mike Renner underscore. And a guy who's been locked into the process since back to last year, following everybody even through the college football season. I saw you had your first mock out in December, Mike, as soon as we were done with the full regular season. Since that point to where we're at now, who's been the biggest, at least from the first round specifically, riser in general that you have seen start to rocket up these draft boards? Well, I think a lot of times risers in that sort of uh, realm are guys who uh, the media is kind of just catching up on. It's not because uh, they did necessarily anything to up their stock over the past month, but I will give you a guy who I think actually upped his stock. And it's Darius Robinson, the Missouri defensive end, because he's a guy who on tape, I had a day two grade on as a defensive end there in Missouri, but he went down to the senior bowl and he was the best defensive end in attendance. And that had Layatu Latu, the UCLA defensive end, who's probably going to be a top 20 pick. And Darius Robinson was the most unblockable of the bunch, really no matter what it was that he was doing, run game, rushing the passer, he just overpowered guys. So I think he's a real riser in terms of he's actually done stuff on a football field that's mattered to up his draft stock here. So I think he's going to be a first-rounder with all said and done. How deep is this draft uh, in, in terms of offensive linemen, and how many would you expect to go in this first round? It is the single deepest draft I've seen. Now, I've been studying the draft since 2015, back when I was with Pro Football Focus, doing their draft coverage. And 
I've not seen this many guys who I would put in the first round. I think we could see 10 first round offensive linemen, which uh, would be a, a record, a uh, modern NFL record. The, the record right now for offensive tackles, I believe, is seven. And I feel like very confident we'll see at least eight offensive tackles drafted in the first round. So it's a darn good class in that regard. And then I think on day two, there's a lot of good interior offensive linemen that are going to come off the board here hot in the second round. So one of the best off the line classes I've ever seen, truthfully. Check out the Renner Ranks podcast as well. All the latest draft info as well as we're talking with Mike Renner here on Vison Primetime. Olaf Fashanu out of Penn State and then Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Those at least are the two guys that have popped on most of the mocks kind of going back and forth between the top two. Seems like when these odds get released, Mike, for first offensive lineman, Alt will be favored. How do you see that battle going as long as we're talking trench guys there at the top? Yeah, I think he's just the cleanest. And it's really going to be eye of a holder in this class because there are so many talented guys. So if you want, you know, the strongest offensive lineman in this class, or the best run blocker, you're probably going to go Talia Fafuaga from Oregon State. If you want the highest end pass protection sort of potential, you might go Lufushan or the Penn State offensive tackle. But I would bet uh, Joe Alt being the first one just because he was the best in college football last year. He's young. His dad was a, he's basically the Marvin Harrison Jr. of tackle prospects. His dad spent 10 years of tackle in the NFL. He learned the position ever since he was a kid, and it, it shows with his tape. You mentioned uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., minus 650 to be the first non-quarterback selected. Uh, is massive favorite to be the first wide receiver. Is that gap between him and the next best wide receiver that large? I don't think it necessarily is. I, I think Malik Neighbors from LSU is special. Um, and I think, unfortunately, we're not going to see him test this week in Indy, but I, I think he might even test out better than Marvin Harrison Jr. as an athlete. But just knowing the teams at the top, whether it's the Patriots, or the Cardinals who could be drafting a Marvin Harrison Jr., he's definitely a better fit for both of those offenses than Malik Neighbors would be and what they need. So uh, while it may be close, I, I do think that I, I, I'd, I'd bet on at minus 650 it being Marvin Harrison Jr. still. Yeah, interesting with where we're at. The Neighbors, as you mentioned, not testing this week. Harrison Jr. not even at the Combine in general. As far as one, one market we can bet on right now that is pretty tight as far as where the numbers are at, it's that Number two versus number three pick, and Drake May from North Carolina, your slight favorite to go second overall. Jane Daniels from LSU, the slight favorite to go third overall. How do you see where what you've talked to early on the scouts and uh, from within inside the team perspective here, how do you see that breakdown going when teams and executives compare those two guys? It's split, I, I, I think, from who I've talked to and people I respect and uh, where the evaluation's gone. I, I think May maybe has a little bit higher of a ceiling. He's younger. There's more things about his game that I think are fixable. Like you could see him having, I don't want to say like a Josh Allen sort of career, but like there's that, that sort of potential that if he cleans up his footwork, cleans up some things about his game that man, he really has sky high ability. But then with Jane Daniels, he's, if you want the rushing threat in your offense, that man can absolutely fly. I mean, I'm surprised he's not running because I would have thought he would have ran the low four fours. To me, he's going to be right up there with, you know, probably Lamar Jackson's probably the best rushing threat at quarterback in the NFL, but he's going to be right up there with guys like Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields when he hits the NFL and what he can do from a mobility standpoint. That's, as we've seen, just so valuable to an offense. Mike, so it's really going to depend on what you want. Sorry about that, Mike. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, because we focus a lot on these quarterbacks, obviously, back end of them. Um, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. were very popular selections going the first round once the season ended. It seems like, you know, licking your finger and testing the win that's becoming less popular. Are they first-round picks? I think Bo Nix still is. I, I, 
I, I get it came less popular because neither really went to the senior bowl and lit, lit it on fire. It, it's not a, it's not a sort of exercise meant for quarterbacks though. You're playing with brand new people, brand new offenses. You have three days to <laughs> master this offense. And it's like, not a lot of guys go down there and do look good, but I still think based off his tape this past year, based off the fact that for five years as a starter, all he did was get better every single year. You know, very much a Jalen Hurts-esque sort of rise to his career where no one would have said that after his freshman year that he's a real NFL prospect. But he's got, in my opinion, better even tools than Jalen Hurts did coming out of Oklahoma. And we obviously saw how much Jalen Hurts has even improved since he got to the NFL. So uh, I would draft him in the first round. And I think there's enough quarterback needy teams, especially like right there in the teens, where it's the Vikings, then the Broncos, then the Raiders, then the Saints. Uh, all those teams could be in the mix of the quarterback class that I think he could still end up going in that sort of realm. Our final 30 seconds or so here, Mike, if you're just being forced to pick, you know, let's just say top five right now as far as a mock goes, what would be your rapid five or your rapid fire top five right now? I think I go number one, Caleb Williams. Number two, to the Bears. Number two, Drake May to the Commanders. I think the Patriots trade out at number three. Mm. Um, and I think that ends up being someone like the Falcons coming up and getting a Jaden Daniels or maybe even uh, someone lower down than that, like the Vikings, depending on where you know Kirk Cousins ends up. Then I think Arizona goes Marvin Harrison Jr. Then I think the Chargers actually trade out. Uh, and someone comes up and gets Malik Neighbors. I'll wow. say the Jets come up and get Malik Neighbors at number five. Fascinating stuff, and we still have so much more time for all the ebbs and flows to happen in the draft betting market. He is Mike Renner. Follow him at Mike Renner underscore. Mike, as always, pleasure, man. Thanks for joining us. For sure. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one, Absolutely. Fellas. And we'll check out Mike's podcast as well, Renner Ranks Podcast, as we are just underway with the NFL Combine. And there's still so much more to talk about as far as the NFL draft goes. When we come back, we've got NBA college basketball plays before the night card kicks off. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VSIN Pro annual subscription today and get your first year for only $199 instead of the typical price of $240. Just use promo code PRIME. And we also have our upcoming. Big Dance Betting Guy. That's along with that MLB primer we just talked about, JB. It's absolutely stuff. right. Absolutely right. I cannot wait. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be helping for the Big Game Betting Guide. I know that uh, I volunteered my services for these conference championship previews. Oh, nice. Are you doing so, uh, Mountain West? I, or you don't know the assignments yet? I don't know the assignments. I'll You're take whatever I'm given, man. I'm a worker. You'll right? take A-Sun? I'll take, I'll take whatever. The A-Sun, okay. the Mac. Well, that, OBC, the, the, yeah, the, the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Patriot League. Nice. Colonial. I'll See, take whatever I need to. UMass, I'm a worker. I'm a worker. UMass set to join the Mac in 25, right. 26? Hey, when I think when I think of that, I think UMass. Minutemen <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Pretty light college card tonight that actually gets underway right now as Delaware, the Blue Hens, go off against Drexel and some CAA action laying two and a half, one thirty-eight is your total. Four games coming up though, JVT, you have one NBA play, but want to get first to the only game we have at 7 p.m. Eastern, that's Toronto at Indiana. Actually, a decent move toward the Raptors on the road tonight. Pacers open six and a half point favorites. We're down to five and a half market wide, and a total that stayed pretty static here, 246, your highest by far on the board tonight of just four NBA games. Yeah, and um, kind of honestly surprised. You look at the injury report for Indiana, and I wrote about this this morning, which was 
All right, like don't run to bet it yet because there's probably a chance on the second leg of a back-to-back. The Pacers have been playing with this injury load management thing with Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, maybe that's going to be something that pops up and he ends up not playing. He's not in the injury report, at least the most latest one. We're talking about Aaron Neesmith not being, not being on the floor, but he missed the last game. Jalen Smith, questionable to play. He played yesterday. He's been dealing with this back injury, so uh, surprised to see the market move the way it has here uh, for the um, in that direction. But I'll say this. like When you look at this overall – the Raptors kind of stink on defense. 26th in non-garbage time defensive efficiency since getting Emmanuel quickly in R.J. Barrett. Uh, 29th on the road. Uh, the market kind of started to push this total a little bit down in the morning. We're about like 246. I saw overnight at 247 and a half. So I didn't really have a strong opinion here. Mm-hmm. Would it be surprised if we see a classic Pacers game breakout where it's high scoring, but they end up winning by margin because Toronto could, just can't keep up with what Indiana has to offer. And every Pacer game feels like the utmost high variance. Yeah. And five and a half, those points don't feel all that valuable when you're taking the dog. Absolutely. Makes especially with a total of 246. I mean, yeah. especially with the way the Raptors play, because they'll be more than willing to run. You know, Ben, you could probably wait, and after a couple of possessions, Raptors go up like 7 2. You're going to lay something a lot cheaper with Indiana. Yeah. So it's a great way to look at it as well. There's a game at 7 30 Eastern. No play for you. But just a thought here on Pistons and Knicks. We're up to 11 market wide from an opener of 10.5 here as Detroit continues to get bet against, even though, like on paper, they're still. Weirdly playing hard, it's just their coach continues to sabotage them in every way, Monty Williams. Yes. Uh, look, I think that this is one, like for New York, Saturday you saw the shortcomings of missing like OG Ananobi and Julius Randle and, of course, still Mitchell Robinson uh, when they got beat up in the second half by Boston. These are games, though, that I think they're still perfectly capable of taking care of. Now, the question is, do you trust this team to win by this margin, despite the fact that they are still somewhat shorthanded? And that's where I kind of would draw the line a little bit. For Detroit, like you mentioned, I, I, it's weird what Monty Williams has done up to this point right now. Detroit is still 18 and 11, though, in their last, what, 29 games uh, against the spread. So, like, they've been covering some numbers. The market has gotten really low on them. And the Knicks are still power rated pretty highly, despite the fact that they are missing three integral pieces on this roster overall. So, I would tend to lean a little bit here toward Detroit. I know the market, like you mentioned, has moved one spot overnight, opened up as low as nine and a half, and we're up to 11 and a half. I can understand why you would probably want to get in somewhat early on this. But again, with such a high number, if this is a, a you know a tie game four minutes in, you're going to be able to get a cheaper spread here to lay it with the New York Knicks if you want to. A total from 223 up as high in some shops as 225 or 224 and a half. Where will you stand just down the stretch on the whole thought of maybe first half Pistons bets when they've had so many games this year yeah. where they just totally go in the tank second half? And they're tonight, for example, catching six and a half. It's still a pretty good number here for a team that has been playing hard, but just has not been able to put it together for 48 minutes. Yeah, I think I can totally understand it. It's, it's weird, and I think that would lend itself to coaching, right? I mean, if you're, if you're a team that has been um, boat raced the way they have at times in the second half, it's going to be a little bit of an issue for you. And they are a little bit better when you talk about like net rating comparison-wise mm-hmm. to what they are, and still 28th in the NBA in terms of net rating in the first half, so it's not like they're great, but they are at least a little bit better than what we have seen. I can understand it if you wanted to go, and I don't think it's something the market has necessarily caught up with at this point sure. right now. Detroit and the Knicks. That is your 7.30 Eastern game tonight. Only four on the card. You do have a play on one, though, JVT. We go 8 Eastern. Brooklyn on the road against Memphis. Market-wide, two-point favorites. The Nets on the road against the Grizzlies. Your lowest total on the board today, 214.5. What's the angle Yeah, we saw something interesting. So the overnight opened three in some spots. We got down to one. Now we're back up to two, so kind of bouncing around back and forth. Uh, I bet the best for Grizzlies here, Moneyline. I just, I'm sorry. I don't trust the Brooklyn Nets at this point right now. 
Uh, this is a team, Ben, so let's go small sample size. One and seven straight up, two and six against the spread in their last eight. We saw them play on Saturday night. They were held to 0.85 points per possession in the second half against Minnesota. Got absolutely crushed, led at halftime, failed to cover as a nine and a half point underdog in that matchup. Lost 101 to 86. Let's go larger sample size. Brooklyn is eight and 25 straight up, eight, 24 and one against the spread in their last 33 games. This team stinks. And Kevin Ollie is not changing things. Uh, you saw that there in the second half against Minnesota. And think about how bad, by the way, really quickly, that spot was for the Timberwolves. That was less than 24 hours after they played your Bucks on a Friday yep. night in a really gritty game. And they started out slow, but then to come back and just get absolutely throttled the way you do, it's a really bad showing. And on the other end, you know, I, I said this to, um, to Matt and uh, to Kelly this morning on a numbers game. You could make a really interesting case. He won't win it. But for Taylor Jenkins to win Coach of the Year, despite <laughs> yeah. the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies are one of the worst teams record-wise in the NBA, they come into today eighth in defensive efficiency. They are playing extremely well and hard on the defensive end. You're also getting these young guys that are getting their taste of the NBA, Gigi Jackson among some others, that are playing really good basketball, that are developing, that are trying really hard. Jenkins is getting the most out of this. And a little, little bit of a larger sample size for them, 5-10 and 10 straight up in their last 15 games, but 10-5 and five against the spread. The team's playing, so I get the better defensive team at home that's playing with some effort against a team that over the last 33 games has covered eight contests. I'm sorry. I'll take my shot and my chances with the team that I think is playing better basketball at this point right now at a plus price. So Grizzlies underdog, or excuse me, Grizzly Moneyline, uh, the underdog is the play for me here today. Don't blame me on that thought. You can, you can take points against Brooklyn on the road. Right. It's just a very simple yes. thought process there. Yeah, well, Taylor Jenkins, that's a tough job. To have had Dude, there, there were people wanting Memphis. to fired like at the beginning of the year. It's like he's got nobody, nobody, and they're still playing really good. When it gets to the point where Scottie Pippen Jr. is out, and that's viewed as a right, it's a loss. Yes. Like that's probably nothing against Scottie Pippen Jr. I covered him in the G League, and glad he's gotten a shot now in the NBA. But it's like that's probably a sign that your personnel is probably not, a little thin, huh? Not where, where it needs to be. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later on as we start our next hour on a couple of the college basketball games. A very light card, as you usually see. In the college hoops, we're actually one week from today, JVT, from the start of the small conference tournaments as we build up towards Selection Sunday. Two games at 7 Eastern we'll talk about in a little bit. K-State laying 9.5 at home against West Virginia. North Carolina, 14.5 point favorites at home against Miami. I am personally just bitter that this game is not at 7 Eastern. I'm going to have to wait till we're off the air here. But I do have one pregame bet today as we go to the Big 12. Seems like every Big 12 game has just been chaotic this yep. year. And we get Baylor at, <laughs> at TCU. Sure, you've you've been a part of any of these Big Twelve games uh, this year, betting wise. Oh yeah, uh, I've been I've been riding a little bit with Iowa State. I love that yeah. team. The team's freaking awesome. Um, but yes, I have been watching quite a bit. How can you not? It's the best conference in basketball. It's been so tremendous. Deep. It's been tremendous, and it's a, a league that now we're into that final stretch here, and mm -hmm. you get a lot of revenge spot type games from really tight contests earlier on. And this is one of them. TCU two and a half point favorite right now. Total has come crashing down, which I completely disagree with. We're down to one forty six and a half. I waited as long as I could, JBT, and I did finally at our last commercial break get into the account and over 146.5. The teams played a triple overtime game in Waco, first meeting. The game went over, though, in regulation. It was 152 in regulation. That was despite Baylor going 5 of 22 from 3, and the Bears are the second-best three-point shooting team this season. I view this as a really good bounce-back spot offensively for a Baylor team that has lost two straight. And conversely, it's really hard for the Bears with the way they're struggling on the defensive end to contain a dual-threat guy like Emmanuel Miller, brother of Leonard Miller, who was in the G League last year. He's now with the Timberwolves. Emmanuel's the type of guy who can penetrate and score, penetrate the dish. He also defends really well, had three steals, six assists, 18 points in the last game for TCU. 
He's a complete player. Really helps TCU go amidst this really rugged stretch they have to play in the Big 12. I expect points on both ends as a result. Give me the over 146. Can't disagree with you. The way Baylor plays offensively, 10th in the Big 12 in defensive efficiency as well. 108.5, their adjusted defensive rating uh, against Big 12 opponents, according to Ken Palm. Uh, don't disagree. I'll add, the, situationally, I know Tim likes to talk about these a lot. What yep. is the situation for Baylor coming off of an overtime loss like that? Sure. Is this it, a negative? You, I would I would look at it as a positive, yeah. honestly. you, We've seen this happen a lot where that, that very trendy, say, weekend pick loses and say a tight game doesn't cover and then comes out the next game and puts together a really good performance. As much as Baylor's been objectively bad on the defensive end, you do lose in a triple overtime game at home to TCU that was absolutely wild the first time they met. TCU kind of had just like a cakewalk laugher against a, just a reeling Cincinnati team, won by double digits at home over the weekend. Motivationally, the spot definitely screams Baylor. Betters are kind of undecided on the side. This was TCU minus three. There has been some action here to the dog down to two and a half. And I would definitely lean on that side, but give me like another, you know, 75, yeah. 70, a two game here with maybe two minutes left and another great, uh, great spot down to the wire. We'll talk some NHL up next. Good card tonight. Nick Alberga joins us on the other side. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, put those VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. You get VSIN Pro access to everything we do for an entire year for only $199 instead of our typical $240 price. You just use our promo code PRIME. You get daily best bets, betting splits, betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember to use the promo code PRIME and get your first year of VEASAN Pro access for only $199. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. Also, that March Madness betting guide coming up. Jonathan Von Tobel. It's confirmed today. A part of it. We just don't know what conference. But it's okay. Yeah. But sure. we got him. 
but, but he's that's here. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to do that. Yeah, we're, we're awaiting that uh, as well. Adam uh, Burke, my, my <laughs> other boss, is going to be on with us in a little bit. So Adam, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, confirm. We can get some clarity. We'll we're going to put Adam on the spot. We're yep. going to we're going to demand that he gives uh, JVT the conference assignment on the air, 7:15 Eastern. Right now, let's talk some hockey. Just like the NBA, four games on the Monday card tonight. As Nick Alberga joins us from. Uh, north of the border, talking some puck here, and we're set to here for a puck drop in about 15 minutes, Nick. So I want to start right there, where Ottawa has been a completely different team, home versus road this year, tied for the third fewest road wins this season. How do you see that playing out after they won in a shootout over Vegas on Saturday? Now taking on uh, the uh, the uh, Capitals here in our first of four games tonight. Yeah, gents, uh, great to be with you as per usual. And as you guys know, Johnny Lazarus is a big-time backer of the Ottawa Senators. He picked them to miss or to, to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hasn't gone accordingly thus far. Um, but I think there's a lot of fascination with the Senators team right now. They're playing really, really well. And I think in general, guys, when you look at the Washington Capitals the next couple games, this will make or break and probably decide what they do ahead of the March 8th trade deadline. So keep that in mind as you place your bets tonight. They got Ottawa, they got at Detroit coming up tomorrow, then they have Philadelphia. I'm actually going to back the Washington Capitals in this game at plus money on home ice against a team with the Ottawa Senators I mentioned, red hot. But I think the Caps are a slightly better team they're getting credit for on the market tonight, and I think it's because Ottawa has been so hot as of late. But um, I don't want to run away from what the Capitals have been doing the last little while. I mean, you look at the seven-game stretch, they're 4-1-2. and two. Um, so I'm going to back the Capitals tonight. And I also like the Max Pacioretty shot prop over two and a half in that one. All right, let's go to the other matchup that you've got. want to make sure we get these to our audience before we move on to some bigger topics. Uh, L.A. taking on Edmonton. Pretty big, right, in terms of what's on the line in the big picture. Uh, we're looking at a buck 60 plus 140 and some varying juice there, depending on where you shop. What do you like here? I'm taking a stab at the LA Kings tonight, guys. I just think you look at the market when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers. It is so juiced right now, and understandably so. I mean, they've been the best team in the NHL over the last two and a half, three months, and a bit of a mishap over the weekend. Minnesota, Calgary, back-to-back losses, so the market thinks they're going to bounce back, which uh, they might, but I, I think you've got to take a stab at the LA Kings. Important to stress, um, you know, the Kings have been playing some really, really good hockey. They fired their head coach a couple weeks back, and they're 6-2 and two with Jim Hiller behind the bench. So I would take a stab at the L.A. Kings in that game. I think they're going to play Edmonton tough tonight. He is Nick Alberga. Follow him at the Golden Muzzy, host and director of Leafs Morning Take. Joins us from Toronto right now as we start to talk a little bit bigger picture as far as one individual game. This will actually be tomorrow, but the Leafs have that big rematch against Vegas tomorrow, who they just smacked uh, here in the desert 7-3 last week. Where do you see this uh, this rematch going here in a Leafs team that with Austin Matthews scoring basically every time he takes the ice, seems like the market continues to get hotter and hotter now on where Toronto's at. Yeah, that's the one thing I got to play right off the bat. It's an Austin Matthews anytime goal. He didn't score over the weekend, guys, but he's on pace to get to the 70-goal plateau. It hasn't been done in 31 years. Just think about that. This guy's having a sensational season. And I still think there's a bit of value when it comes to Hart Trophy futures when it comes to Austin Matthews. Because rest assured, if he gets a 70, he will win that award. That's just uh, sheer speculation on my part. Getting to that game, like you would expect, obviously, Vegas to play a bit better in that one. I think if there's the total you're looking at, I would probably play the under. I think both sides would be happy with a low event type hockey game remains to be said. Uh, if, if it'll happen, um, I think when you look at Vegas, specifically the injuries mounting big time, they finally have a healthy blue line which is great to see, but I'm very curious to see where the offense is going to come from when you have no Mark Stone and you have no Jack Eichel. 
in that lineup. So I expect a response from Vegas, but I think I will back the Maple Leafs once again in that game. They're red hot, as you mentioned. And JVT, Austin Matthews just now, finally, your Hart Trophy favorite, but still plus 230. That's come down from about four, four and a half to one over the last week or two. Would you play that plus 230? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I played it a couple weeks back. It's It's been a growing narrative in this market, in this country specifically, where it's like this guy has raised the bar from winning the MVP award a couple years back when he scored 60. That's who you're looking for and a guy to duplicate and winning the honors, and I think he has. Um, I think close contenders right now that are building value, Nathan McKinnon's a guy I took a flyer on before the season started. He's been tremendous. And Nikita Kucherov, guys, is two points away from 100 already, which is really epic. And then you can never discount Connor McDavid. I mean, he's had a so-so season by his standards, and he's like less than 10 points back of the pace when it comes to the Art Ross chase. But I think the trajectory in terms of uh, where Austin Matthews is headed, they sort of have to give it to him if he gets to 70, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm curious. You know, you mentioned when you were talking about the Edmonton-LA uh, game, uh, the market potentially overvaluing Edmonton. What's the inverse of that? What's a team we should be looking to play on that might be a little undervalued by the betting market here? I love St. Louis. Um, this is a name that I've highlighted to bring up. Um, I think if they make the playoffs, I think they're going to be a difficult team. I think they're a wild card team to watch team now on March 8th. And I just think you look at the new coach bump. And I mean, it's it's evident throughout the league, guys. I mentioned the Edmonton Oilers and, um, you know, the Ottawa Senators are a team I've been backing big time here in the second half. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're providing tremendous value. So I would look there, Ottawa and the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think obviously the uh, the sense price is getting juiced by the game because they keep winning and winning and winning. But St. Louis is often an opponent that's like slept on, but they've been really good since firing their head coach, Craig Ruby, a couple months back. Of course, won the cup with the Blues uh, four or five years ago now. They're 17-11 and one under Drew Bannister. So assuming that roster isn't dissected too much between now and March 8th, I would certainly back them down the stretch. That's tasty, Nick. Four to one just to make the postseason. Eighth easiest schedule. I mean, rest of the way, seems like there's mm-hmm. a path, right? Yeah, and and that's a thing. Like I think we learned a lot, and you guys remember we learned a lot from uh, last uh, last year in the Vegas Golden Knights and the run they went on, and specifically in this market when it comes to the Florida Panthers, just get in. You just never know what can transpire when you get in, and sort of that's my feel again this time around, where it seems to be a bit more wide open. Like I think Florida's a legit team, assuming Vegas gets back to full strength here with Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. I could see a pathway where they 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 duplicate and win the Stanley Cup once again. Edmonton's a good team, but there's a lot of question marks this year. There's no like perennial favorite. I think right now, if you were to pull me, that's why I'd probably take a flyer on some of these teams like St. Louis and and Dallas. Uh, teams of that ilk, I think you can find really good value on right now. So would be a team like would Nashville be a, te- a candidate to fall out? Yeah, I think Nashville's a team that I'm wondering. Like, I, I, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that UC Saros, their number one goaltender, could be on the trade market. I think that's more likely to happen um, in the offseason. Uh, but they're a team like, again, I, I think you're going to find more value in the Eastern Conference, quite frankly. I think there's a bunch of teams like New Jersey keeps losing, but they're really, really good. Like the Devils on paper are an excellent team and they could actually add um, a goalie, I would think, over the next uh, week and a half here. So I actually think there's more value. If you're playing teams to make or miss the playoffs, I think the Eastern Conference is where you want to look. Because a team like Philadelphia, like they've had a great year. They've exceeded expectations. But I, I expect a bit of a dip from that team. I think somebody's going to find their way in. And I think the Devils are a team. Again, they've had a really bad year, but on paper they're good. Probably a lot of value in the Devils right now to make the playoffs. I'm glad you brought up Philadelphia because they're the one team right now that is basically a pick at least at DraftKings, minus 115. They're 
they're offering that each way though to make the postseason. It's sort of like take your pick, right? What do you expect out of the Flyers down the stretch? Yeah, they're they're a tough one, right? Because as I mentioned, they were a bottom five team last year, and every year this happens in the in the land of parity in the NHL, where teams come out of nowhere. It happened to New Jersey last year, right? And look at them right now. So um, I, I think when you look at Philly, uh, the big thing to stress is Carter Hart done for the season. There's obviously extreme uh, allegations surrounding his story. He's not going to return. They got Samuel Erson and Cal Peterson. I just don't think that tandem can get a team to the Stanley Cup playoffs. On top of that, uh, they've been a topic of discussions the last couple of weeks when it comes to trades, namely the two shutdown defensemen, uh, Nick Sealer's name's out there, Sean Walker's name's out there, Scott Lawton's name's out there. I think Philadelphia is cognizant and looking towards the future and the big picture than they are to make the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. So I think they're going to lose some players on that roster, and I think they'll create a pathway for other teams to get in there in the uh the Metro Division. Nick Alberger from Leafs Morning Take. Also check him out on the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Joining us right now on Prime Primetime. In our last 30 seconds before we let you go, who's a team who can gain a lot of ground here by making some moves at the trade deadline? Uh, it's got to be New Jersey again. If they can add a goalie, if they can maybe add a defenseman, they got some cap room with Dougie Hamilton out of that lineup. I think they can do some, some serious damage. I truly feel that way. Like if the Devils can get it into the playoffs, I think they could be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, having said that, Jack Hughes is banged up. There's no way that guy is 100%. But I think you look on paper, you look at that roster for the Devils. If they can add and, and get humming along here, I think they'd be a scary team to play in the first round. And the other team I would throw out there, too, is the Detroit Red Wings that are quietly gaining steam here in the Eastern Conference. Added Patrick Kane a couple months back. I think they're a deep sleeper as well. And Kane had just scored against his old team the other day. Nick, always good to see you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, man. Yeah, plus 220 right now as well on that uh, that price there. For the Devils just to make the postseason. Follow Nick, by the way, at the Golden Muzzies. We are an hour down. We'll talk about a couple of Power 5 games about the tip in college basketball as we get hour number two kick-started next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 